0: Welcome to episode 47 of the Contra Fabulist Podcast. I'm Audrey Waters.
1: And I'm Kim Lane
0: And we are recording this week from Hermosa Beach. We are um, gearing up to leave for some international travel soon, um, but this week we took a more, a more local trek.
1: Yeah, we uh um actually it was your idea, I think, and then I was all on board to to head over to the desert and and see some flowers bloom.
0: Yeah, so um here in Southern California because we've had such a wet winter, um the the desert outside of um outside of Los Angeles, outside of San Diego is um Covered, covered in covered in wildflowers, covered in, in cactus blooms. Um, so we we drove to the Anza Borrego Desert State Park um, Monday night. Got up well, got up Tuesday morning, drove the rest of the way, and it was beautiful. You flew the drone.
1: Yeah, it was uh it was just if you're positioning yourself looking at L.A. on the map, it was kind of southeast, and you had um you know into classic. Uh, California countryside that is kind of rolling dry, somewhat grassy hills, and then you cross over into the desert, heading towards basically Arizona, and... On
0: um, um, what had to have been one of the steepest inclines I've ever driven down.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, our brakes were smoking as we, we, we pulled over <laughs> at one of the stops, but uh, but yeah, I got to fly the drone in the desert, um, not in the park, but outside of the park. Um, right, of course. Drone for, flying. For a-
0: for law enforcement listening.
1: Yes, and then uh, um, coming back over, there was some pretty amazing poppy bloom, California poppies, which are bright orange, and um, which there was crowds of people. And I went off to the side and flew my drone up, up, up a canyon around where there were no people, and got some pretty cool shots. So it was a, it was a good distraction, I'd say, from a kind of just the the fast burn burn of the the dumpster fire. Um,
0: I think it's a slow burn. It feels like a slow burn more uh, than a fast yeah, burn.
1: Yeah, I guess it is a slow burn. You're correct. I was thinking more like chemical fire, the kind you can't put out. I don't. Know. I, I I took firefighting school back in the in the late 80s, early 90s.
0: <laughs> no, actually, I mean, I think that obviously it was it was it was a nice trip to take, you know. And I think it's I feel fortunate that you and I, you know, being self-employed, we can sort of take a day off quote-unquote, in the middle of the week and go go do this. Certainly the reports were, um, the, the travel reports were, although this might be one of the last weekends to see them, they were sort of recommending people not go this weekend because of the number of cars. Um, so it was nice to be able to go in the middle of the week, and as you said, it was a, such a really wonderful break from the sort of steady onslaught of um, terrible news out of Washington, D.C.,
1: so yeah, I guess um, I don't know. It doesn't. It feels like it's just a constant barrage of just crazy shit. But I guess the big one for me this week was the was the budget. Um, the federal budget is something I've paid attention to f- pretty deeply for the last seven eight years. Um, every every time it comes out, you know, I, I take a look at it and I've ten- tended to kind of break it down and kind of push back on the areas that I I would like to see more um investment in or um less investment and pretty much this uh Trump's this this White House budget is the exact opposite of what I would like to see you know it's heavy uh increase in spending for homeland security and department of defense and then it's pretty much cuts across the board about everything else that I care about from the environment to space
0: yeah uh i mean i think to to, to make it clear, this is um, you know the way in which the way in which this works is that the, the the president sort of puts together puts together these figures, but it's really not up to him. It's up to Congress to to really um, uh, you know Congress controls the purse strings of of the federal budget so but this so this is sort of on one hand, it's somewhat meaningless. Um, I, it seems unlikely that uh, that it, in this particular. Um, uh, in substantiation of of these numbers, like this isn 't going to actually be what happens, but this is i think it, this really does signal what um, trump's priorities are, and I think it is it it does suggest in some ways the kinds of things that um, un unfettered by Oh, compassion, say, or an interest in actually making America um, more than mediocre, um, that the, the Republicans are really interested in, in decimating, um, decimating the, um, virtually all, all things that, that federal dollars touch, including, I mean, including in my world, um, pretty much anything that touches education or research has been, is, is devastated. Well, is, is almost some things lose their funding
1: entirely yeah I mean and I mean I would say the one area one area that got an increase for me is the Department of Veterans Affairs which is near and dear to my heart because I have worked there and my my uh, dad was a veteran and um so I'm, I'm, I tend to care about that we need to take care of them but um you know it just shows the priorities of you know homeland security and and Department of Defense it just shows fear and it doesn't at all and it just further erodes everything that's at all making our world a better place or our country a better place, you know, it, um, anything to do with the environment, anything to do with agriculture, um, any progress in the labor, you know, in labor as far as, you know, $15 an hour, those kind of things. But like you said, education, transportation, energy, and I'm sure commerce is, you know, not... Um, cuts in money for corporations doing interesting things it's actually cuts in regulatory areas that are actually going to make sure that that these large companies aren't just screwing people over so it's just um i mean we'll see how it plays out but i mean with with the relationship they have with congress it's gonna you know some of this is gonna play out some of these priorities
0: This is, I mean, to me, on on one hand, this really uh, reflects both um, some of the things that I talk about a lot in my work. And this week, I've been working on a a talk I'm giving at uh, Edinburgh um, when we head to the UK. Um, You know, thinking about the ways in which uh, libertarianism and neoliberalism and the belief in a particular kind of new economy really permeate um, permeate the technologies that we're seeing Silicon Valley. Build, and um, I think that you know you kind of see this, you see this ideology in the kinds of things that Trump is 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 deciding to axe. because there's a there's this story that many in. Silicon Valley, um, but more broadly, I would say many, even in the business world, tell themselves about how things get done in this country and that they say that things get done in this country um, by business and not by government, right? I mean, that's part of this whole thing that, like, that's why you would choose someone like Trump because Trump is a businessman versus someone like Hillary Clinton, who is a quote unquote career politician. But I think that that really um, belies what the things that actually do fund innovation, I mean, that, that do. Fund um, science and technology, um, and have funded science and technology. Right, the the internet is uh, uh, was a, a, um, a, a p- partnership between the military and and universities. Um, the development of the internet was a partnership. Um, universities, public universities, and the government have really been. Um, have been responsible for for so many of the scientific and technological medical um, breakthroughs that we've had, and so to you know when you go through the list of what the departments that are getting cut you'll look and see that a lot of this is research programs and those research programs tend to happen at universities or they happen in conjunction with or in partnership with universities so for example you know cutting cuts to the National Institute of Health is devastating for universities because I mean that tends to be sort of one of the largest pools of money that um that, that universities that research universities I should say um, get so when you think about what happens to education um, it's really it 's really not right to just look at the cuts to the to the Department of Education and say or you know Trump has also set aside more money for a voucher program but it 's really not just what happens in the Department of Education that influences um, that affects educa- ed- Education. And of course, Trump is also proposing cuts, deep cuts to um, the Agriculture Department, and that funds things like school lunches, free and reduced school lunches. That, of course, is how you get food stamps. And that's, of course, um, WIC, uh, Women, Infants, and Children um, Supplemental Food Program for the Poor. And so there are lots of ways in which um, directly schools are losing money, indirectly schools are losing money, research is losing money, scientific and te- technological developments will be shortchanged in this country. And, um, you know, educational television programs, educational radio programs, arts, the humanities, the NEA, these are things that, that, uh, that fund, they aren't just programs for the elite. You know, these are things that actually fund opportunities for underserved students um, and communities throughout the country. And so really rural America is getting... Is getting a short, you know, really getting shafted here, um, and it's it's horrifying.
1: Well, and just the 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 dangerous effects that this, the current climate, as far as anti-regulation, anti-labor, anti, you know, anything organized like this, it's just all bad. Just is so, uh, ignorant of the role that, that government has in stimulating all these areas that you talked about. And, you know, this uncomfortable relationship you talk about with technology. I mean, while sure, you know, Palantirs and people are getting super rich selling Homeland Security, more technology and that's boosting it. You know, we're needing stuff from agriculture, um, um, and EPA for internet of things. I mean, agriculture is the, and is the biggest, uh, area of drones operations right now. EPA, you know, when it comes to environment. So mining in these areas are and and sensors and weather sensors. You know these it, these agencies investing in things and doing things create markets and help help fluctuate and help do things. They don't just they're not there to just shut down business and hate on business. And that's what's such you know it's so damaging about this rhetoric.
0: Well, and I mean. You know, being the resident anti-capitalist here, I would say that the kinds of research that we see um, public institutions, government-funded public institutions undertaking are the things that aren't immediately necessarily connected to a product. Right. So there's research that's sort of, quote unquote, pure research as opposed to applied research. And I think that the kinds of breakthroughs that we need in order to have applied research often demand that we do some work in pure research and pure research isn't. isn't the kind of thing that says we're going to work we're going to work on X Y or Z problem because there's a market for it. It's that we're going to work on X Y or Z problem because we're curious people who want to push the boundaries of of human knowledge and human capacity and those are the things I think that are are that that are interesting and those are the places where we do see breakthroughs um, like re, you know real scientific breakthroughs as opposed to just the next generation of the next mundane piece of shit. Uh oh, we try Oh, do you have your sticky note on your computer to not cuss? I do. That was one cuss word for me, one cuss word for you. I do. Just School. just
1: to our audience, we've been trying really hard not to cuss and I swear on this show. So I I have a sticky note on my monitor here so I don't but um you need to put yours back on your monitor, Audrey. Uh,
0: apparently so.
1: <laughs> but it's I mean, there's so many layers and dimensions to this that benefit um, if you know if we're still pandering to the tech space which we seem like we are, you know whether it's it's drones or internet of things or self driving cars, but then also just making day to day business work and things work that many people profit from, and I think one of them that we um we highlighted uh this week is you know this interaction between um two agencies two government agencies who are getting you know funding cuts. Um, department of ed when it comes to the uh, free financial student aid form and the IRS and getting your uh, tax transcripts your parents so that you can apply as part of this process this is a pretty fundamental um, interaction between two federal agencies that doesn't need less funding it needs more funding because um, it it, kind of overlaps several areas of, of of things that aren't going away you know i mean uh, we're, we're going to have to pay our taxes no no matter how much how much you shrink the government we need to pay our taxes and have a working <laughs> well that's, fu-
0: that's funny you should say that because let's just pause here to go back to the budget and note that the department of education is getting its its budget cut by 14 percent um and that will mean people are that will mean layoffs at the Department of Education, the Treasury Department, and that's what the Internal Revenue Services, lives, right? Lives in the uh, there. Um is is getting uh, 239 million dollars less in this budget. And the IRS is already over the last I mean Couple of years, I think, already said that where they're short, that they are short-staffed, short-handed. Um, it means that they, <laughs> it means that they aren't investigating as many as many people. Although that somehow they still manage to, um, to audit uh, Trump, uh, but they have the staff for that. But so these are both these are both government agencies that are getting cut, and. Um, But what we saw, we've seen over the last couple of weeks, is the ways in which these agencies struggle to be able to provide digital services
1: already. I mean, this is just an example of many, many relationships between agencies that require uh, uh, smart people. Who have an understanding of these systems to make them work and understand the, the the business and the politics of everything that's going around. So I actually yeah.
0: So let's so so, so let's just uh, fully explain what happened. So there's a so um, the financial aid application, which um, is something that can be done that can be done online, is a if you've never filled out financial the financial application form in the United States, it is um, it is incredibly complicated and lengthy and laborious and it's really one of the hurdles to um, particularly to low-income and first-generation students um, getting financial aid which means that it's an obstacle to getting to going to school to going to college um, it's a it's a it's a pain in the ass there's just no way around it one of the ways in which it's been improved um, is that the form requires that until you're twenty five the form requires that you give tax information about your parents and um, which can be really complicated, particularly if you are if you don't live with your family or your family or or you don't have a relationship with your family, or your parents are say divorced, um, and you can't you cannot easily get access to your parents' tax information. So what the what they had done in the last year or so, I think, is to make a tool that allowed you to very quickly import information from your parents' taxes into your financial aid application, right? And it kind of it kind of saved hours hours of manual or at least an hour of manual um, answering Um, it was a it was a very quick and easy tool and without notice without any sort of heads up um, the IRS took it offline recently and when I say recently that means within the last couple of weeks and this is the time of year when people are applying for financial aid financial aid deadlines are now and this tool this really important tool just went offline
1: and they cited, you know, uh, security concerns, criminal activity around uh, around this, and this is something that the after IRS-
0: after weeks of radio silence, actually, after sort of saying, th- not even announcing that it was going down, and then not saying why it went down, finally this week, um, the IRS said, "quote unquote," criminal activity.
1: Well, and I, you know, I sat, I've. I've sat in on a lot of government interactions like this between, um, systems as well as programs and, and agencies. And, you know, I'm not saying this is what the IRS is doing, but, you know, they're, they're, they're under a constant attack, basically, you know, criminal activity for obvious reasons, identity theft, people are, are filing false tax returns, there's W-2 phishing scams, they're, they're, they're under a lot of, a lot of, uh, attacks. But, people who are short staffed or uh, you know or const- under constant attack and don't have the right budgets don't always have the security in place to do these things properly and they may be super nervous about it or you know and and so what they do is they start pointing the finger at other agencies other groups these are these are classic kind of IT tactics and i've sat in on a call between the department of education and the irs on on this topic of fafsa i've also sat in it for veterans needing to get access to their their uh tax records and the irs is is very defensive about their territory and very um not very communicative and co- almost combative uh, combative about it and i've sat in these in these in these discussions between say uh, Department of Veterans Affairs and Department of Education when it comes to the GI Bill stuff and it's just as combative. I've sat in these conversations between Department of Veterans Affairs and and, um, and the Defense Department when it comes to Veterans Records and it's just as combative about who owns what, who pays for stuff, who handles security, who's responsible when security's not done and something goes to shit. Oh, man, I just blew it. I just cussed. Uh, all right.
0: Well, I think we're up to three or four. Oh man! Still PG thirteen, but
1: yeah. But in this is common. This is this is it. This is government, but um, they should be communicating th- about this, and they and there should be more talk about it. And and it's a pretty bad time for it to happen.
0: Yeah, there was a breach in a tool uh, this time last year. The, the IRS had a breach in a tool that allowed you to pull your your uh, tax. Records, your tax transcripts, um, and so you know it's hard to say with the lack of communication exactly what's happened, what's going on. As you said, there have been a lot of the W two phishing scams. I mean, a lot of W two phishing scams recently. So certainly, I mean, certainly I can see that the um, that this information is is uh, is. Um, pretty pretty sensitive and also pretty vulnerable and and i I appreciate that but to me it 's also one of these things that we, you and I talk about too it It reflects one of these things that you know the that it's it 's all sort of mind blowing to me that this is our data right like this isn 't like the, my my financial information that I have to um hand over to the to the IRS in order to pay taxes is that's, that's my data. It's not the IRS's data, right? My application for financial aid is also my data. It's not the Department of Education's. And so when they act territorial about data, it's not even, it's not even their data, you know? And it, it's sort of, it's so striking to me, and I understand, I mean, I understand why. Um, I understand that there's these large bureaucracies. I understand that there's different pots of money to, to quibble over but it's it's striking to me that this is this is my data and in that I that you know i as a as a college student having to apply you know applying for financial aid have to go appeal to all of these agencies all of these government agencies with the same set of information again and again and again and again right so if I was applying for Financial aid, filing my taxes, applying for food stamps, applying for any sort of social security benefit, applying for VA benefits, applying, you know, for GI bill related benefits, um, for free and reduced lunch for my kid uh, and um, for Medicaid. Each time you have to hand over the data, even though, I mean, the government knows it. Um, but there's just no communication between these government agencies and each time you have to go through these sort of really bureaucratic processes um, that clearly, you know, clearly the government can't get right, clearly the government can't keep safe, and they can't even communicate it to you um, when, when things go awry. So, you know, again, you know, what are we prioritizing, like really, the develop, you know, investing in infrastructure, and I don't just mean investing in Paving, paving the highways, investing in infrastructure, public infrastructure is really important. And I think that a lot of these technology, technological, you know, highways, if you will, really need a lot more attention instead of axing instead of them. I mean, you know, when people say markets are going to work it out, we're going to privatize and outsource this. I mean, there was a story uh, in the Washington Post this week that that's where the vulnerability lies with the WikiLeaks data, the WikiLeaks data isn't is like the stuff that WikiLeaks has come up with from the from the government isn't because the CIA is leaking or the NSA is leaking or the FBI is leaking it's because that they've outsourced a lot of their work a lot of their cyber intelligence work to these third-party vendors, you know, to the Booz Allen's of the world, and that's that's what that's the part of vulnerability. So outsourcing these things doesn't work. Outsourcing costs more money. Outsourcing increases your, you know, the the you know increases the risk. It increases your vulnerability. Um, and yet, that's this libertarian neoliberal dismantle the public infrastructure in order to privatize and and maximize profits for shareholders is really um, it really just has the sort of ripple effect of, of making things making things more um, making things more vulnerable, making everything the country, security, infrastructure information security, national security, food security, um, more vulnerable.
1: Well, and, and something that is so fundamental to us existing, applying for student aid, applying for a home, applying for any benefits, should be accessible should be reusable there should be apis that you know you know we we use this a lot in government the turbo tax for x you know you should be able to walk through a wizard and be able to get access to your irs information as part of any tool or system out there but instead of Pushing this conversation forward and investing in these agencies, having this ability not to just work with us but work with each other, and and making sure that they're secure, that they have the cybersecurity infrastructure to actually defend against the attacks and and protect our data and our systems. We're building a wall. We're building. We're investing in things like a wall and other things. That do nothing for my safety, and we live in Los Angeles, we live really close to the border. It does nothing for us while while all these other systems are being left exposed and and just being you know it, it, it's frustrating, but anyways, that was the the dumpster fire of this week i guess
0: uh, that was I mean that was just like one part of the dumpster fire this week uh, I mean, and I think that it's it's interesting it's really it's fascinating to watch how deeply intertwined stories in stories about technology are involved in this right so it's not just the cyber intelligence and the spying stuff you know Sean Spicer the the press secretary suggested this week when when everyone came out like when the you know when the intelligence officials came out and said really nobody like we did not wiretap the Trump tower he came out and said oh it was you know it was the UK right so the um but then also, you know, Ke- Kellyanne Conway said that you know, made this weird accusation that the microwaves at the White House were somehow spying on people and there's this I mean part of it is just like this conspiracy culture, conspiracy theory culture that the current administration seems to be encouraging, but the conspiracy theory culture is really is really built upon these strange assessments of technological capability I mean as, for me as someone who's a you know a critic of technology it's very odd to, because you know you know I I, I constantly want to push back on some of these narratives about what you know that the positive the, you know, the sort of that technology is benign that technology only has these positive progressive outcomes that technology makes our lives better um, and but at the same time you know I you know being in the position where you have to push back and say, "Well, actually, the tech can't do that." I mean, I know it's a great story, Kellyanne, that the that the micro, that Obama tapped the microwaves, um, but that's but that's actually not possible, you know. So we come to these sort of again like this this defunding of science and research and technology in the in the Trump budget. Um, it's the sort of systematic dismantling and defunding of knowledge creation in order, to cre- in order to really further this conspiracy theory culture that Trump seems to really only be able to exist in. Paranoia and misinformation.
1: And, and this just sets such a rich environment for all, all of these things. To be sold to people, you know, when when education is is dismantled, when um, mining and, and industrial companies can pollute and do whatever they want and tell whatever story, um, and journalism and and the media has been totally discredited, and we live in this world of lies. Like it, everything's up for sale. You can buy and sell anything. And you know, when it I mean, this is what you and I stand against when it comes to technology. Is like so so we're in a world where two weeks away AI. Watson's going to cure cancer. all these amazing things are happening, but I still can't get my daughter her my my tax transcripts <laughs> yes. so she can go to college so,
0: that's so great I mean that's this so um Ray Kurzweil, who I'm sorry I am going to cuss with this, who is so completely full of shit, right He pronounced once again that the singularity his his concept of the sort of super intelligence. Um, will happen by 2045. I mean, he he is really a master in telling these fanciful stories about technological, that we're on the brink of these technological breakthroughs in terms of being able to sort of upload human intelligence into a machine, machine plus human intelligence. Uh, anyway, you know, he makes these statements that we are we will see the singularity by 2045, and yeah, I mean, we can't even get the router to stay on in our apartment, right? We can't even have consistent Wi-Fi. Although Knockwood, you seem to have fixed I, it, but yeah. you know the you know this idea that we're going to have these autonomous you know autonomous vehicles that we're going to have this algorithmically driven, both literally and metaphorically, world when we can't actually, like you said, we, you can't actually even consistently upload a photo to Flickr without it timing out. You can't download, you know, I we mentioned at the last, end of last, the last podcast that I was going to start deleting my tweets. I requested my Twitter archive over a week ago. I still haven't got it. Right? So there's, like, the, so, you know, A, clearly this isn't just a matter of government tech being crap. That Like, the, the, the tech of the quote-unquote free market is also crap, um, but we're told these stories that you know that the microwaves are the microwaves have these wonderful, amazing, slash dystopian authoritarian capabilities but really the microwave can't even fucking pop popcorn so I just went R with that one right you still can't actually get the microwave to successfully pop a bag of popcorn and yet we're told all these stories about that we're just on the we're on the cusp of these these wild breakthroughs um yeah
1: and anytime you're you're in the business that we are of of being contrast you know, these technological stories, people always go, but, but, you know, they point to some, some minor improvement, something, it is happening, it is going to happen. And it's like, sure. Okay. Maybe. Things like machine not learning. If we and defund,
0: self- not if we defund education.
1: <laughs> well, and, and, you know, let's take it to the self-driving car. Cause we have it in our list here. It's like the, 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 I don't doubt that at some point our, you know, cars will incrementally get much more um, functional and in this self-driving capacity, in this automated capacity. But what what drives me nuts is people's delusion that it's like it's happening now, and we need to just let our cars drive around cities without and any regard to like running people over, doing anything. Like let's let's actually invest in the Department of Transportation, helping create, um, you know proper sensible leg- legislation playgrounds around the country invest in these great tracks where y'all can take self driving cars and and play with them and let's do this as a group let's let's open it up and be transparent let's not hide behind our our fantasy Ray Kurzweil belief in technology and promises that we're making let's open up the data um, and share what's been happening because you know one came out this week around uber and and it's not as it is as it seems i mean this is why we need to be transparent with with these these artificial intelligences algorithmically driven processes is because things don't pencil out when you have money incentives market incentives and then probably a bunch of other ideological incentives like dismantling labor and other things that 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 are like your side hobbies and all of this not just getting rich that you want to do but there's a you know, th-
0: <laughs> dismantling labor is the side hobby. Yeah,
1: That's well, awesome. Isn't that what uh, Elon's That's his is? side
0: hustle. Yeah,
1: that's his side hustle. Um, but, you know, we need to be more transparent about what's going on in these and have an honest conversation. It's, it's We're not saying this stuff's never going to happen or shouldn't happen. It's just the shady way you guys are doing it um, is really frustrating as hell.
0: Well, I'll, I'll, I'll say that it shouldn't happen. I mean, I think that if, you know, when we think about a a future that is beneficial for all we have to talk about public transportation right we have to improve public transportation and not just in large metropolitan areas i mean one of the things that the self-driving car already over, i mean the self-driving car already is fetishizes the sort of radical individualism of Americans that we would rather sit in our own vehicle because we believe we have more freedom that way than fund public, fund the infrastructure for public transportation. And public transportation makes sense in big cities, asterisks, except Los Angeles, where um, it's people are again super obsessed with their cars but public transportation doesn't work at all in rural areas because we've never invested in it right we haven't invested in in you know in a bus system in train systems in in other forms of transportation in, in rural America. And so, what do self-driving cars look like? What do self-driving cars look like um, if we had self-driving buses, right? What are, why, why are we so invested in this indiv- individualist um, uh, answer of just making automating the cars and not investing in something that if you think about is already, in, to a certain extent, an automated system, something like a subway.
1: Well, I think, I mean,
0: I mean, subway isn't automated. There's still a driver, but there's as the story that you were referring to came out. Um, Recode, um, Kara Swisher's tech publication, got a hold of some internal documents from Uber and found that um, Uber cars can't even make it a mile. The Uber self-driving cars can't even make it a mile without human intervention. And once every, I think the story said, like, once every two miles, they have to intervene to stop some sort of catastrophic occurrence. Yeah. So, so it's not even just, like, the, the human driver has to put their hands on the wheel less, like, You know, every mile. It's that they actually have to, like, brake or steer or radically correct the car. And now you could say, of course, the tech will improve. Google's been working on this longer. Google's technology seems to be um, uh, superior. Of course, Google's been mapping um, you know, mapping the <laughs> mapping the roads roads a lot longer, but even so, I mean, this is this idea that we are just you know a year or two or a decade or two away from this sort of techno techno utopia robot you know robot driven world is is a fantasy in terms of technology but it's also a dangerous fantasy when you think about what the repercussions are for everybody because this doesn't this doesn't play out well for people from different geographic reasons it doesn't play out well for people from different socioeconomic classes it doesn't play out well for different bodies it doesn't play out well for people in the bike lane um, it doesn't play out for alternatives that don't rely don't rely on this particular libertarian neoliberal vision of the future. And at the same time, like none of that plays out well if the Republicans in Congress and the Republicans in the White House dismantle funding for, for research.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, I, what's funny about this particular report is the data around this happening isn't a problem. If you're doing self-driving car tests in like a controlled environment in Michigan at some Department of Transportation lab, this is like data that should be shared amongst all everyone involved. But because they're so eager and so secretive and tell such grand stories to to get investment and get funding and get all the, the, the kind of tech culture and South by Southwest people excited about this, they tell these wild stories – now they have to be secretive about actually what's happening because a they they feel like people are going to steal their trade secrets or b you know it doesn't size up to these these grand stories well, and and, and they- here's
0: the you know and here's the kicker paragraph I think from Kara actually I didn't know don't know I should look and see if Kara wrote this no from the story not by Kara this um, the the, the paragraph is successfully creating self-driving technology has become a crucial factor to uber's profitability it would allow uber to generate higher sales per ride since it would keep all of the fare uber has currently suffered losses in some markets partly because of having to offer subsidies to attract drivers computers are cheaper in the long run
1: that's that's the belief that's the dream. Of these that's, pe- people, well, that's their co- dream people hating <laughs> Fuck the rest of us oh, you know sorry, you know girl. get people out of the way. people are the problem, you know we believe algorithms are pure algorithms will just work. humans are always always the most costly and the most problematic piece of this puzzle, whether you're a taxi driver or a teacher sitting in the classroom
0: yep well um, that 's probably a good place to end it with me m- me launching an f bomb I, I will you know I think the overlying theme certainly of of this week for me has just been thinking about you know watching the sort of giddiness of the Republicans as they seek to dismantle health the health insurance system um, that how joyful they are to be screwing over the poor i mean the things that the budget the White House budget directors saying that. Meals on Wheels and giving, giving, bringing food to the elderly and providing food for hungry kids just isn't doesn't sh- doesn't work. Um, to me, is just so disgusting that clearly these people who wrap themselves up in a rhetoric, wrap themselves up in a rhetoric of 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 Christianity, have have you know model model the 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 part in the Bible where where Jesus said, "Cash
1: me outside." And we have to end there. Till next week. Till next week.